here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Robin McCarron. He is sounding off, drunk, in the middle of the road in a snowstorm, wherever he is. Jeff Hawkins. They give them a big middle finger! <laughs> You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Robin McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. I honestly would have rather gotten a DUI tonight. Wow. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shake Them Ropes. It is episode 95. It is WWE Battleground, our live reaction show at voicesofwrestling.com slash STR. We are on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes. You can follow us. I am Rob McCarron alongside via the interwebs. It is the under Jeff Hawkins. <laughs> am I that old? Yeah, yeah. You know uh, what you are. Yeah. Okay, thank yeah. you. You're old. You're super old. Uh, God, you're yeah. so old. I, mm-hmm. You know who's old? I'm almost 30. Can you believe this? I turned 30 in just a couple of months. All right. This show isn't about you. Let's keep going. You know, we uh, we had some feedback from our last show. Okay. Episode 94. There were more more than one person that told me or spoke to others and said that I was a little rude to you. Cutting you off, not letting you get picks in, forgetting your your existence, really. So I apologize. I'm oh. sorry I keep uh, cutting you off. Is there anything you would like to say to your supporters out there? I'm being trolled Hold right on, now, Jeff, aren't I? Jeff, wait. <laughs> wait, I have breaking news coming into the news desk here. Oh, I knew this was so breaking <laughs> news coming at you, everybody. Listening here on the live stream at voicesofwrestling.com slash STR, The Undertaker is back. And you know what, Jeff Hawkins? If their idea was to make him the bad guy and Brock Lesnar the good guy, and Undertaker was making all these mean facial expressions studying the Samoa Joe tapes, the crowd's not going to buy it. Rob, it is 2015, and your three top guys right now are John Cena, The Undertaker, and Randy Orton. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know, I thought the match quality tonight was pretty good. I just, I'm confused by the storytelling, to be honest with you. I, I don't, I had heard he was coming back, but in this way. He's back. Yeah. Yeah. He's back. Okay. He's going after Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Let's, let's let him get the win back that created the last good star in the WWE. Shall we? We have Suplex City versus Tombstone Town. That's terrible. That's your big SummerSlam match. Brock Lesnar, that's how you keep him out of the title picture. So they they solved a couple of things here, okay? So Brock Lesnar won't be in the title picture now. Okay. Uh, the mysterious, you know, vanishing of Seth Rollins and Mike Kyoto should be something we are concerned with. Well, half of that we should be concerned with. Kyoto, eh, he can go. <laughs> Kyoto looking more like Rick Knox day by day. 
PWG fans. But yeah, The Undertaker's back, okay? And The Undertaker's making his mean facials. He's going after Brock Lesnar, uh, notwithstanding the fact that he was on the same WrestleMania this year as Brock Lesnar, and he didn't seem to mind that Brock was on that show. But now, now he's really upset, and he's going after revenge against Brock Lesnar. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the question. Like, I, I'm seeing people on Twitter say, heel Undertaker? What's going on here? Like, if the idea is to make him the bad guy in this situation, they have their work cut out for them. Because, again, this crowd, at least in St. Louis, which you can kind of understand because they were surprised by The Undertaker. They liked to see The Undertaker because they weren't expecting it. They're like, okay, we've we got a good star here on our hands. You know, we should be happy about this. If he's supposed to be the bad guy, every single town they go to is going to be hyped to see The Undertaker. No, New York is going to be especially hyped to see The Undertaker. Like, if the story is he's supposed to be the bad guy, I don't think they thought this one through. Unless Kane comes back. And they team up against Brock Lesnar and different things. And you get the Kane heat on Undertaker's side. So they, you know, are you going to like the Undertaker more? Are you going to hate the Kane, you know, hate Kane more? Like what's going to be the, uh, the pendulum swift there? Like, I, I don't know what they're, I don't know what they're trying for here. Like I'm excited. I got excited for this Undertaker Brock match. Did you not? Mm, Cause no. I did. I'm no, I'm not but I'll watch it. I'm not excited for it. I I think I'm more interesting. Yeah. It's interesting, but at the same time, it's superfluous in my opinion. I I thought, you know, Undertaker, you know, hey, the streak's over, time to go. That was my thought. I know that there's nostalgia for people. I'm not one of them, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to crap on your nostalgia. I don't even know. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking back to when we had WrestleMania 30 Mm -hmm. and we had Brock and the Undertaker and I'm wondering now if people will be more hyped for Brock and the Undertaker going into SummerSlam than they were for WrestleMania 30. Because a lot of people remember the fact that Brock Lesnar won at WrestleMania 30 and think it was this monumental, monumentous occasion. And it was the fact that he won. But going in, no one was really talking about that match as a match that you know people were excited for. I think just based on the angle tonight and what they can do over a couple of weeks, people are going to be excited for Brock and Undertaker this time around. I'm sure they are, but the question begins and ends with, if Brock is going to be even a part-time player in the WWE, why are you going to have him lose to a guy who shows up twice a year? Because this is your attraction match on the show. This isn't, you know, building anything. And I know there will be some that say, oh, you should use these guys to build your stars who are going to be around for a while. But sometimes you get attraction matches. And SummerSlam doesn't always have these attraction matches. This year will. It's interesting you say that, Rob, that you use stars to build new stars. Yeah. Because they're not up and down this card. Mm-hmm. They're not. Right. Looks <laughs> The Shield and, and, and the Wyatt family were hot, and they turned into nothing. Uh-huh. Roman Reigns hasn't won a pay-per-view match in forever. Uh-huh. Kevin Owens tapped out the same way Rusev tapped out. So that's finality almost. Now you got to think of a way to kind of rebuild them as opposed to, say, giving John Cena a pin win or a sneak to pin or something to that effect which would have kept Owens at least relatively hot, and you've overexposed Owens for the past three months. You didn't establish... I mean, okay, you have Randy Owen. Seth Rollins hasn't gotten a clean win as champion. I mean, not, this, pay, not, this pay-per-view, not, he couldn't yeah. even make it, you know, on screen at the end. Like, he and was then, gone. And then even, you know, the positive matches had things that, you know, you may... Like, for me, the Divas match, I liked the Divas match. It was enjoyable. But the story is about Nikki being running the division. Let's let's tease the ending in the beginning. Let's put her in that match with Charlotte and 
Sasha, and this isn't a big deal to me. I mean, I, I don't mind it, but I mean, climbing up. But you've just uh, you've just introduced these three new characters into your universe. Let's make them legitimate from the get-go, mm-hmm. and then we can build from there. We don't need to do the, well, first someone beats Alicia, and then someone beats Bree, and then someone, you know. We don't do that from the beginning. Let's start with the fact that any of these girls can beat Nikki on any given night and have them be legitimate, and then, ooh, okay, great. We're not necessarily starting from step one. But, you know, I, I just don't know what else gets booked in SummerSlam. I think Cena may end up in the main event again at this point. You never know. Well, we'll talk about what's going to happen at SummerSlam and what we think might happen. We'll go up and down this card here before we get too far. I mean, that was the big news that The Undertaker has returned, uh, completely ruining the main event. Seth mm-hmm. Rollins. Right, Seth Rollins, this lucky guy, just escapes one more time. <laughs> and Brock Lesnar seemingly uh, seemingly gone out of his picture. So you know what? In the end, Triple H was right. Triple H was right. Brock Lesnar comes back. We'll see what kind of man Seth Rollins is. Seth Rollins didn't really get a chance to prove one way or the other, so we'll see how that plays out. Uh, Triple H may decide, you know what? Well, in fact, we'll talk about that when we get to the SummerSlam predictions okay. here. A couple of okay. people in the uh, in the chat, you can uh, interact with us a couple of different ways if you're listening on the live show, or if you're listening to the podcast version later on. You can still interact with us at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter. Uh, B-Megs in the chat is saying he's not really excited for The Undertaker and Brock Lesnar, but he will watch it. I think a okay. lot of people, I think it's going to have the eyeballs of a lot of different people. Um but we're going to go through this match. Before we do, I want to remind everyone that Shake Them Ropes is available on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and the important TuneIn app, ladies and mm. gentlemen. Uh, YouTube, Downcast, all of our subscription info can be found at voicesofwrestling.com slash STR. You can follow us again on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes. The show is free, Jeff Hawkins. Our show, we do not charge money for. <laughs> Did you know this? Oh, were yeah. You, I, d- I don't get a check. Were you aware? Oh. That's right. I ain't sending you anything. <laughs> if I was getting paid, I'd be angry right o- now. Occasionally, sometimes I send you messages like, let's test this and let's test that, you mm-hmm. know, and most of it is stuff we never, ever use. Nope. But you are a trooper. Mm-hmm. You stick with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that we ask to keep the show free is that you uh, tell your friends about us. If you like the show, share us, like us, comment, interact with the show on iTunes, uh, voicesofwrestling.com. All our posts have a comment section so you can comment right in the post. Uh, if you're listening on the live stream, you can follow along with the uh, with the chat at mixlr.com slash shake. I think it's shake-them-ropes. I'm not sure. Uh, just go to voicesofwrestling.com and you can get that. The Voices of Wrestling forums are new. You can go to the forums, interact with everybody here at the website. Um, and also, if you're doing any shopping on Amazon, Jeff Hawkins, we have an Amazon affiliate link. Uh, we started it recently, voicesofwrestling.com slash Amazon. You can do all your shopping the same way as usual, but Amazon gives us a little bit of a kickback at no added cost to anyone doing the shopping. So uh, if you want to support the show, uh, you can go shop on Amazon like normal. Just start at voicesofwrestling.com slash Amazon. Amazon gets us a little bit of a kickback on the things you are going to purchase anyway, and there's no extra cost. So that is the plug section so that we can hurry up, sir. And talk mm-hmm. about our truth and King Barrett. <laughs> yeah, well, our truth is still the legitimate king of the ring, which is it is. It was fine. Did you watch this? I did. Of course, I did. Come on. You didn't. I did. I really oh, did. Okay. okay. I really watched the King of the Ring crown match between our truth and King Barrett. Our mm-hmm. truth came out, did a song, had a plunger, had a little paper like a Burger King cat little thing mm-hmm. there. Yeah, I watched this thing. 
I watched the New Day prancing around at the uh, little uh, gimmick table there. Yeah, I thought they were great in the pre-show. Right. They may. They may. They. They, <laughs> Accuse they may have me been of my, not watching. They. They, you didn't. <laughs> they may have been my favorite thing on this entire show. The New Day. I thought they were great throughout when they were on. But yeah, we had a pre-show with uh, King Barrett beating our truth. So hopefully, this is the end of this. Uh, this terrible, terrible comedy. That's slightly prejudiced. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's over. King Barrett got his little win. He can move on to something else. What that something else is, I fear, is going to be, well, I don't really fear it because it can be kind of good. I I think Cesaro. I think that's where you go next is uh, Cesaro. If he's not going to go with Kevin Owens or anything else, this would be the most likely scenario to me. You have a babyface Cesaro going up against the the heel King Barrett. Oh, you have a lot of guys here with nothing to do. You do have a lot of guys, nothing. I mean, Dean Ambrose still, I mean, wasn't even on the show, did nothing. I mean, Dolph Ziggler, you have kind of. Yeah. 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 Oh, Rusev's there, but this show, well, Rusev, another guy who wasn't on the show, but what are you going to do? Dolph Ziggler, another guy, you know, uh, LeBron James, not on the show. A lot of guys just not on the show with nothing to do. Uh, Randy Orton and Sheamus started the pay-per-view. This was in St. Louis. This was basically the only town you can open a pay-per-view with this match with. <laughs> I mean, any other town, it's too risky. You can't open with Randy Orton and Sheamus. Uh, but they did. Uh, I thought one of the better matches on the show. I, I, I was really excited for it. And the abrupt ending. I mean, a lot. I think there have been people who are, uh, you know, who are really into building up a match. And I think you're one of those guys. Uh, Sheamus was you know, winning on Orton, winning on Orton, winning on Orton. And then all of a sudden, Randy Orton hits the RKO, which if you aren't aware is his gimmick that he hits the RKO out of nowhere. It continues that Randy Orton got the win here. uh, Something I think both of us predicted he would, because with Seamus having the the king of the mountain or whatever the fuck you call it, the money in the bank. (laughs) It's not going to win matches. You know, he's King Barrett at this point. It's not going to win. So Randy Orton gets the win here in his hometown. Rob is having none of it tonight. I'm really tired, man. Continue. We had a long weekend. You know what? I, I posed this question on Twitter and I want to get your thoughts. Being okay. in the entertainment industry, if this would be a good YouTube three minute television show. Right. Because you see what's on YouTube. People watch anything. Yes. And you can watch us at youtube.com slash voices of wrestling. But anyway, Randy Orton picking out his ring gear for that night's match. Like if he had three, because on the Randy Orton DVD, if you ever saw this Randy Orton DVD, he was there was a pay-per-view that he was going into and they show him contemplating which color of ring gear he wants to wear. I say every single pay-per-view, a three minute YouTube show, Randy Orton picking out which color ring gear he's going to wear that night. Doesn't he just have like three pairs of trunks and he just it's like psyched. blue, red and black. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he has a green in there every once in a while. But no, make it a regular thing. Make it a show. That's all. Is that a good idea? Bad idea? That's a terrible idea, Rob. Come on now. I mean, I'm not made of great ideas all the time, but. Well, because because Orton's one of the last badasses they have left. Mm-hmm. So, so him going, well, what color should I wear today? Hmm. I'm feeling a little red, to be honest with you. No, no, Rob. Just no. The MixLR link is MixLR.com slash shake dash them dash ropes. So if you want to chat with the people listening live, you can go there. Otherwise, you know, send us a comment on the Voices of Wrestling post uh, that we have up or interact with us on Twitter. At uh, Bose Johnny says, ha, shake them ropes is pissed off tonight. 
And you know what? That's one of the things I texted you before we did the show that like, I fear that I was going to be more negative on this show than I should. Mm-hmm. Like I was for how excited I was going in and for the thought of Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins and for Kevin Owens and John Cena three, like I was excited for the show going in, but as I'm watching it, I don't know if it was match placement. I don't know if it was disappointment over the divas being in a three-way match instead of a singles match. I don't know what it was, but I was not into the show as it got further and further along. And I don't want to be negative guy. Cause I, I liked some of the stuff that was on here. I, I really liked the tag match that we're going to get into. I really liked the opening. Oh, yeah. Like I liked yeah. it, but I wasn't feeling it. I can understand that. I thought the matches were really good. I just thought some, yeah, I thought some of the logic was weird, but I mean, People liked the Sheamus Randy Orton match a lot more than I did. I I just thought it was a typical Randy Orton Sheamus match, to be honest with you. I I, but I mean I'm not gonna shade it. If people you know people I I loved the tag match. Uh-huh. I, it was great. Entertained me to no end. Xavier Woods was great during the whole thing. Oh, I I want to tell you about this tag match, guys. Okay, go ahead. Primetime players, New Day. I loved Xavier Woods being the annoying cheerleader or cheerleader. Mm-hmm. I love Kofi Kingston wondering why Titus had to hit so hard. <laughs> I loved big. I love Big E reaping his rewards and making sure everyone knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. I love Titus O'Neil showing his power against Big E. I love Darren Young keeping the ring clear so Tyrus could get the win, or Titus could get the win. I even loved Rudy Charles as the referee in this. Yeah, I just loved I, it. I loved it a lot. I, I don't even I, know if Rudy Charles was the referee in this. Was he the referee in this? Or was no. he the referee for Orton Shaman? I don't know. I think it was the tag match. But anyway, I loved you know, everything about this match for the most part. And it was cool. I mean, the primetime players getting the win surprised me. I thought this was one of those times where you kind of flip the titles back and forth. But no, they kept it on the primetime players and good for them. No, there are little things that are really done well between these two teams. I think Darren Young is a great baby face on fire. Yep. I, I, I am shockingly amused every time that Kofi Kingston does that little skip with the clap thing mm-hmm. he's doing as a heel. Yeah. I love, I love the moment where Big E realizes he's in control and he gets a big grin on his face as he's about to torture someone with new day sucks, mm-hmm. uh, like hitting them in the abdominal stretch. Um, and, and Xavier's just a great troll, right? <laughs> oh, what happened to you? Did you get hurt? Great. I mean, he's he's what Abraham Washington should have been for the primetime players. <laughs> it's true. So without, yeah, we... without, the, without the racial jokes and whatnot. Yeah. So, yep. I mean, and these two teams I could watch, you know, if if they'd have different matches and stuff, I could watch them forever they, because they interact very well. And Titus, say what you will about Titus O'Neil, he's improved leaps and bounds throughout this entire. And he's been book. getting better and better. Like if, yeah. you, if you were to watch superstars over the last year, if you were to watch main event over the last year, Titus O'Neil has been really good. He had that one stint in NXT, which I think people soured on because he was going up against guys like Neville and Sami Zayn and the matches weren't so good. But when he was on WWE, you know, C shows, he was really great. Jack yeah. Swagger matches. Fantastic. You know, I don't want him to smack me, though, but I but I wonder now if it's just the fact that, okay, he's in there for tag team matches now. So you're getting short spurts. You're getting, you know, the best of Titus O'Neil. He's not in there in a singles match that people are are a little bit more receptive to. But yeah, I mean, I like this tag match a lot. And we were two for two. In my mind, we were two for two on this pay-per-view in the early going. Like we had one match win, two match win. And not to 
you know, I, I, I don't know what you meant by that, but there's nothing wrong with being the power guy in a good tag team. No, as opposed I, I, to being a single star. No, I'm, I, I'm just saying the fact that okay. Titus O'Neil was showing his power against not just Kofi, but also Big E. I loved it. True. Because Big E's this big guy, and it's impressive when you're tossing Big E around. Mm-hmm. You know, Rusev got over, I think, in large part early on because he was tossing Rusev or, uh, you know, Big E around. Yeah. No, that was I one agree. of his first big things. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, I wish we can go back to remembering that and not so much the last six months of Rusev, <laughs> but uh, we can't always win. We can't always win. Uh, speaking of not always winning, Bray Riot and Roman Reigns. <laughs> yeah. So much for uh, so much for Roman Reigns, huh? I, and you know what killed me is is I'm I'm angry at the crowd because I thought Roman Reigns was doing fine in this match. I thought it was a uh, it was a fine match. The logic wasn't there, but it was a fine match for what they were trying to do. Uh, but this crowd, I mean, the, it started early with the Daniel Bryan chant, and just kept on every time he'd have a comeback, they'd start booing him. This is on Vince. It really is. And and now he's just... He, when was the last time he won a pay-per-view singles match? Well, remember when we were all complaining about how much he was winning? Yeah. And, and now he doesn't win? This is our fault, I think, too. I mean, I, I, I'll i take... Yes, yeah, so- you, you gotta give the guy the big win when it's time for the big win. It, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's a tale as old as time. It's, it's, it was Dusty Rhodes' big problem back in the Federation I really liked. And it's the problem now with you got to give you got to give Kevin Owens the big win for the U.S. title to make him a guy, I think. But, you know, same here. We have the reuniting of the Wyatt family, which should have probably never been broken up. Okay, we have the reuniting of the Wyatt family in here. I mean, that's what happened. I mean, Luke Harper comes in, beats up Roman Reigns and then, you know, reveals himself. He was wearing a hoodie. Bray Wyatt. Luke Harper back together. You know, Hugh Little on our chat says that this was a weird crowd and St. Louis, not usually a weird crowd. Like, um, I mean, they're pretty, you know, by the numbers for the most part, as far yeah, as I it was remember. Somewhat weird. It, well, yeah, they're, they're pretty much a, it was uh, weird we, in spots. We love the WWE kind of crowd where they're going to cheer who the WWE wants and boo who they don't like. I was just shocked how positive they were to Bray Wyatt. All things yeah. considered, I mean, yeah. it seems like the momentum has been going against Bray Wyatt and, you know, the weirdness is getting, getting to people, but in ter- not tonight in, in St. Louis. Of, in terms of entrance to match ratio, it's, it's strikingly odd how much right. people love Bray Wyatt. It really is. Uh, so we have the renewal and, and that begs the question, you had no Dean Ambrose on the show. And of course they've still been aligned together them being Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose. And now you have Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper aligned here. It's not like Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper are going to go in the tag team division. Like it's going to be when we had the six mans, the shield and the Wyatt family, how they were kind of going against each other. They weren't going for championships. They were just, you know, who's the most dominant faction. They're killing time. They're killing time. Aren't they? Are we going to get killing time with Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper against Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose effectively shield versus Wyatt family with missing pieces. It certainly feels like it. it. It feels like that they're killing time because they don't know when they're going to put Roman back in the main event picture. And so they're going to try and get that nostalgic heat back from Shield and the Wyatts. That's exactly what I think they're doing here. Yeah, and I, I think it's a good thing for Bray and Luke. Like, at least it, Luke, it gets Luke back on main TV. You know, he Luke was kind Harper, of in purgatory. Yeah, 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 Luke Harper should be all over my TV set. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, and we, we continue on here. The next one was the Divas Triple Threat. It was announced mm-hmm. officially during the show. Mm-hmm. You know, one member of each of the trio teams was going to take part in this triple threat match. Sasha Banks versus Brie Bella versus Charlotte was our finished result. Um, they didn't quite go the NXT three way. You know, they didn't do Sasha, Charlotte. They couldn't, I guess, do Becky because she's no. on the same team as Charlotte. Um, right. So, yeah, Brie Bella in there. And I liked it. It mm-hmm. was fun. It was interesting. I was really excited to see what they were going to do because triple threats are tough, especially yeah. if the crowd's not going to be fully behind it because, you know, Banks and Charlotte are still kind of new. And it's not like Brie Bella is, you know, this big baby face or even this giant heat seeker really at the moment. Uh, so it was interesting going in what they were going to do. And you didn't have a lot of time to think about it because it was, you know, last minute type thing. And I've been seeing different reactions. I've been seeing different reactions on Twitter. I've been seeing different reactions in, you know, the Voices of Wrestling review that I was a part of. Uh, you know, Warren Taylor had the complete opposite reaction as me, you know, saying that Brie Bella was exposed in this match. You know, some people saying Brie Bella, you know, looked a little bit out of place. I don't know if that was the case. I kind of thought Charlotte was the one who wasn't quite ready for prime time. Well, let's say this. Sasha Banks will have none of your main roster jitters. Thank you very much. You can take those back. I think we're all in agreement that Sasha Banks was like, okay, I'm here and I run this place now. Yeah. I I think part of the problem of this match was the table setting for it. I think you pick the women you're going to put out there at least for the two NXT women, and you give them their entrances. And you make them seem like a big deal because I, I know what they're thinking. You know, well, we, we're associating them with known entities, and they'll get the same reaction as those known entities. But, you know, I don't want to see <laughs> Sasha... I mean, they had already established that Sasha Banks was going to be in the match, and they have her come out to Naomi's music. I'm like, eh, come on, give her her entrance. Yeah, we um, had... I mean, the music that was played tonight was Paige. Which got the biggest reaction, so you do that. Uh, Naomi, and then, of course, the Bellas. Right. Um, You're Uh, right. The other thing I had a weird... Why is Brie getting (laughs) Hulk-up spots with the Brie mode face thing when she's obviously the heel in this match? Because she's the superstar. (laughs) That's just odd. It's so... We've had these discussions for the past few weeks that they can't keep the Bellas straight on whether or not they're heel or face and doing it within the match confuses it more. But that said, I mean, Charlotte came out as the star of the match, but Bri- but Sasha Banks carried it to me, or at least she was the most interesting thing about it. Yeah. Travis in our chat says that Brie looked like the third wheel, which I, I guess you could say, like if this was a singles match, you know, between Charlotte and Sasha, or maybe, you know, one of the NXT women against one of the established women, uh, that might have been a better option, at least for the kickoff here, because triple threats, again, they can't do more triple threats. Like, you can't oh. just be doing triple threats every pay-per-view or every Raw. Um, not only will it get old, you're not going to get anyone over. You know, the crowd's going to get confused by, okay, and you who won that one, who won this one, whatever. And you can't protect the women that haven't had the months of working together that the NXT women have. You can't protect them forever. Yeah. So... Um, Warren on Twitter says, thanks for throwing me under the bus. Warren Taylor is listening. I didn't quite throw you under the bus, sir. I just said you saw Brie Bella as the out of place one. And most, you know, others in the chat have said the same thing. I just kind of saw it as Charlotte. I mean, Charlotte was going super slow motion. She was making, I think she was trying to make sure that she didn't do anything wrong. And that's really not the way you can go into matches on the prime stage. You have to go in knowing you're going to get it right. On on that point, question for you. Who was it that gave uh, Brie the bloody nose? 
that I'm not, I'm wondering if it was just because uh, she had some weird tumbles in this match. Yeah, like the uh, the apron spot where she just kind of flew with knowing touching her, and then you know she kind of went a little bit too far, and Alicia Fox didn't really catch her very well. Well, I'm uh, wondering if it if it gave Charlotte a bit of caution there, where it's like, oh, someone may have hurt her, and I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to be that person who does that on their first matchup. Yeah, she was going super slow motion. And then we also had the fact that, you know, Charlotte gets this bloody lip and, you know, the same bloody lip that Ric Flair would always get. <laughs> like that bloody ri- lip just runs in the family. Next up, Crimson Mask. Every match. Oh, no. <laughs> She's going 60 minutes with Stardust. Sure. Why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Oh, what are you going to do? All righty. What else did we have on this show? Not too much after this, really. We are already at John Cena versus Kevin Owens for the United States Championship. Mm. Jeff Hawkins. Mm. This is the match that, aside from the finish and the return of The Undertaker, this is what is going to get the most talk in the coming weeks. I think it was the least of their three matches, and I think it was a bad ending. I don't. I just don't see why you have him tap out to the STF, really. Yeah, we had we had a question on Twitter uh, that I'm trying to find, but I'm not really seeing it. But someone asked us, like, what was your favorite of the John Cena, Kevin Owens matches? And mine was the second one at Money in the Bank. Oh, yeah. The John Cena one, just because they changed it up from the first match a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you weren't quite sure who was going to win. Like, could they go full steam ahead with Kevin Owens or would John Cena get his win back? Um, I think most people going into the first one thought John Cena was going to win. And here they are, you know, you know, finally with the second one that there comes the drama. You don't know who's going to win this one. I think a little of that existed as well, but the crowd didn't seem to be into a lot of the near falls. I think the crowd realized after seeing the first two John Cena, Kevin Owens matches that you're not going to get a pinfall in the first, second, third, fourth, or fifth finish. Like it's going to take a while. And you know what? They delivered that. Yeah. It's conditioning, but yeah, no, they've, yeah, they've, (laughs) Everybody thought everybody thought the AA off the second rope was going to be the finish, I think. And that's when the crowd really woke up. They woke up a little bit, yeah. And I don't know if there were that many people really wanting an Owens win. I think this was the part of the crowd that was usual. Really? I, I mean, think I didn't I think they did. I don't know. I think they wanted the Owens win. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there was a there was a very vocal sec, you know, not just section, but people in the crowd that did want an Owens win, but it was also a WWE pay-per-view show. And the fact that I heard a lot of kids, I heard a lot of people cheering yeah. for John Cena as well. Now this one had a weird, the, the, the weird, I don't know how to beat him spot yep. with Cena. Yeah. And then just the anticlimactic. Okay. I'm going to stick the SDF on well, you. That, and, win. and that's what I want to bring up because this was the one brilliant part of this match. Really? Okay. When, so. when John Cena was just like, Fuck this shit. I'm tired of playing with Kevin Owens. And he's frustrated. He can't get the pin after the the second rope AA. So he starts just delivering, you know, clotheslines and just beating up and not really looking and not playing to the crowd. Like it was only brief. It was maybe like 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then he starts playing to the crowd again. And he starts doing the regular John Cena. But I thought, okay, maybe this is going to be where they go with this. Like Kevin Owens is so frustrating to John Cena. And the fact that Kevin Owens actually won. So John Cena knows he can be beat. Like John Cena was going to go into not a, not a heel mode, but right. uh, a screw this. I'm tired of being super playful John Cena. I'm going to get the job done. And then I'll go back to being John Cena. You know, the you usual know self. You know what's odd? 
They had a moment like that in the Roman Reigns Bray Wyatt match where he's just throwing chairs into the ring before he gets kicked by Luke Harper as well. Yeah, huh. like like John Cena okay. for a moment isn't caring about what the crowd thinks of him. He just wants to be done with Kevin Owens. Right. And then he'll win the crowd back. Like you can do, you know, badass kind of, you know, don't care attitude John Cena without turning him heel. And I thought this might be what they were teasing here. But then John Cena gets the win and you feel like, okay, how could they possibly come back to Kevin Owens and John Cena now? They can't. Like, it's over. It's over. It's done. Now we need to find somebody else for Cena to fight. We need somebody else for Cena. We need somebody else for Owens. And Kevin Owens, you know, notwithstanding the fact that in a couple of weeks, he's probably going to lose again on WWE Network to Finn Balor. Let me. Oh, man. Are they really going to do the crisscross thing here where they have Owens go with Cesaro and Rusev with Cena again? I don't think you're going to see Rusev and Cena just because they did that to death. I don't know right. what you do with Rusev. I mean, the, the logical program for him was Dolph Ziggler. Right. And now we're waiting for Dolph Ziggler to come back from a movie. Mm-hmm. Now, how soon is that going to be? Probably not for a couple of weeks. Like, is Dolph Ziggler back in time for SummerSlam? Like, could that be the Rusev match at SummerSlam? Maybe. I just don't know how long Dolph Ziggler is going to be gone, but what do you do with Owens? You put him with Cesaro. Okay. What do you do with King Barrett? And now, you know, even what do you do with Cena in terms of who's going to eventually take that belt from him? Because my fear now is he's going to go for the world title and advocate. And we're going to get another one of these useless U S title tournaments that don't matter. I, I heard someone mention this and I can't remember who, so I'm not trying to, you know, not credit somebody. I don't think it will happen, but someone mentioned the fact that John Cena, maybe he'll retire the U.S. title like no one can beat him. He just retires it. And I don't see that happening just for the fact that John Cena wants to defend it. At some point, he'll defend it and lose. He can't just stop defending it. Right. But. I don't know who takes it off of him. I don't know if there's someone set for a program with him right now that's going to take it off of him. I mean, we could be seeing this as a WrestleMania program. Yeah. Balor's not coming up anytime soon. Nope. Sammy Zayn's not coming back. Yet, is he? No, no, no. (laughs) Daniel Bryan ready to go? Usually this should be a good thing, right? Like, we don't know what's happening, so we want to stay tuned and really be excited about it. Usually it's a good thing, but knowing that the guy who beats John Cena is going to be an instant star and have instant credibility and that there's absolutely nobody waiting in the wings, you kind of go, hmm. Yeah. What now? Well, we got to talk about this main event. Okay. The main event going in was the WWE World Heavyweight Championship match. Seth Rollins defending against Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, the crowd favorite going in. Yes. Yeah. Here at Battleground. And guess what would happen, folks? They wrestle. They wrestle. At about 20 minutes to the top of, a, top of the hour. On a, on a series of shows lately where the pay-per-views have been going within like five minutes of the end time. Now I know we had a complete match that was taken off the show. So that probably played a little bit of a part into it, but you probably could have put a Dean Ambrose match in there. Maybe you should have if your timing was so off, but at 20 minutes to the top of the hour with Brock Lesnar, seemingly getting a win over Seth Rollins, the lights go out and the undertaker appears when they return and the crowd goes absolutely nutso. Undertaker looks great. He's got, he's got his hair back. It's black. It's pitch black. And he's doing the mean facials a la Samojo. Going right after Brock Lesnar. And Brock Lesnar is playing like this baby face in not only retreat, but Brock Lesnar was trying to fight it off. But Undertaker kept going at him, kept going at him. You know, 
going after this guy who had just wrestled for 10 minutes in a, in a championship match was tired and the undertaker's back. And the question again remains, and I don't think we're going to be able to answer it tonight. We may not answer it for a couple of weeks. Like if their idea again is for the undertaker to be the bad guy in this program, you have to put someone else with him as an advocate, like a cane, like to put over how he's a bad guy, you know, who also the crowd doesn't like. Because this crowd and crowds everywhere they go are going to cheer for The Undertaker. They probably will cheer for Brock too. Like it could be a babyface versus babyface match. And I don't know if that's the best idea. No, it's not. But see, I kind of disagree. I thought Undertaker looked heavy and slow, but that's me. Um, And kicking him in the nuts is a heel move. Oh, I know. A pure heel move. But the crowd still was with him the whole time. You turn Heyman? I don't know to go with undertaker like that doesn't make any sense. I know, but it's it's the quickest way to, you could do the whole story that, you know, Paul Heyman doesn't believe Brock can do it twice. Like, okay, one time. Yeah. But twice, come on now. Yeah. It's, it's convoluted unless they, (laughs) unless unless it was Seth Rollins idea to hire the undertaker. It's a wacky SummerSlam match. It's a way that you can do one undertaker match. And then he doesn't have to stick around because Brock Lesnar's probably not going to stick around. So Brock can do the job and go away for a while. And maybe they do have a third match in the series at WrestleMania. You know, if they want to go that way in Dallas, if that's one of your big drawing cards, if you want to do Undertaker and Brock three, can Brock put the Undertaker out of WrestleMania for good? Like if that you want to make your story. But this was a complete heel Undertaker. And I don't think any crowd they go to is going to accept it. It's like no, when you turned Daniel no. Bryan heel, no one accepted right. it. When you turned Hulk Hogan heel, no one accepted it. They're not going to accept the Undertaker at this stage. No, he's. It, it's kind of like, uh, oh, who's the other one that you could never turn? Ric Flair. When he was in his kind of emeritus, even, even though they were sticking him with like evolution and stuff like that, people were still cheering Flair the entire time. Because did he's just earned that credibility. Did you just completely botch Emeritus? Yes. Okay. That's fine. I'm tired too. <laughs> I love how we have this built-in excuse. Oh, we're tired. Yeah. yeah Emer- what, what did I say? Emeritus? That's- Emeritus. Yeah, that's fine. Right. Fine. You know? it's, a, it's, it's a disease for old people. I, I think I had that when I was younger, <laughs> actually. Um, oh. But yeah, so The Undertaker's back. But the crazy part of this whole situation is, yes, Seth Rollins gets away with another title match. Clean, you know, he didn't defend it. He just goes away like Seth Rollins bailed. Good for you. He he continues this reign where he never wins matches. Like he, yeah. he has that one win in the ladder match against Dean Ambrose and that's it. Mm-hmm. And some people still play that off as like a fluke win. You know, like they both came down. And he just happened to have the belt. It was a win. Okay. It was a clean win, but it's the only one. He hasn't beaten Randy Orton. He hasn't beaten Brock Lesnar. Didn't beat Roman Reigns. No, his story is that he's a weasel champ. That he has no credibility. That's the story. It's insane. I I agree. I think you need to give heel champs. I mean, that's why they had squash matches back in the day. But you know, yeah. What are you gonna do? I mean, you still have to give Weasley champs in ring credibility, lest they have these big matches and to be able to sell them. Because otherwise, no one's ever gonna believe he can actually beat them. And then if you make them win with the Weasley finish, then it's just like, well, he's just gonna keep on. Winning until he doesn't have his help anymore. And people are going to be way ahead of you on the game. I think you need to give him a win. Have him beat Orton. 
Yeah. I mean, so outgoing on the show, I mean, we got to talk about what they might be heading to uh, for SummerSlam up and down. Uh, okay. But coming out of this show, like, again, I, I don't know why I'm negative on it. Maybe it is just because I was super tired. Like I had a six hour drive and then, you know, I was up for a while. Not whatever. Some people were probably watching this after working double shifts and all that. I'm not going to try to say I'm the most tired guy, but yeah. I don't know if it was that. I don't know if it was sun drain because it was super hot today in Indiana, our mm-hmm. hottest day of the year. Uh, I don't know what it was, but like I'm coming out of the show with a lot of questions. I'm intrigued with what they're going to do for SummerSlam. Like I should be thinking positively on the show. I just am not feeling it. And that's okay, right? Like it's, sure. a, it's okay to watch a show and just not feel it. Doesn't mean it was bad. I just didn't feel it. Yeah. And I think it's probably because, because, <clears throat> well, I can't really say. I don't know what you're feeling, so I can't really you speculate don't? on that. No. I don't. We've been together for a year and a half, sir. Well, we're not married. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> Jeff, shame. I kind of I kind of felt this show, but I also kind of felt like there was no real heat to the matches. You're just kind of watching a bit of a souped-up Raw yeah. with bigger stakes. And it's fine, and it's going along, and it's going along, and then it ends with a, huh, okay, hmm. well, we'll talk about that a bit. That was kind of weird. It but was, maybe it was just the fact that there was so much weirdness on this show. Yeah, I think so. It was weird. It's weird that we can't, I can't name who, who's the new up and coming star in WWE right now on either the heel or the face side. I maybe mean, up Rollins. Up Rollins until, is about it. Well, Rollins is, I think he's, he's borderline cemented. I think he just needs to win and beat people like the rock and yeah. Austin beat people. Like they beat each yeah. other. Mm-hmm. It was Okada and Tanahashi. They beat each other. You can do that. Nothing wrong with that, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I don't know. I, I thought the new up and coming star was going to be Kevin Owens. You know, we thought the new up and coming yeah. star was going to be Rusev. We thought Roman Reigns was going to be a Roman hot Re- problem. And I, I still think there's Roman Reigns there. I just think they did this, uh, you know, Gabe Sapolsky would do this in ring of honor all the time. He did it with, you know, Seth Rollins on the way to the title. You know, you have him lose, have him lose, have him lose, you know, the story that he's getting better each time and eventually he's going to win. But sometimes you can have him lose too many times. You go to the well too often. Yeah. And sometimes if you don't get him, I mean, you can't compare, compare it necessarily directly to like what the NWA used to do, where it's like Dusty always had Magnum, Barry, Luger, Sting. And it's like, you can make any of those guys stars right now with a big win, but it's not the time yet type of thing. And then it never becomes their time really. Yeah. To be the guy. So it's the dangerous game you play when you do that. So the next time we're going to be live at voices of wrestling.com slash STR, the next live show we're going to do is after uh Summerfest on August 23rd. That'll be the next time we are live. Uh, we are going to be joined by Dylan Hales on that show. Oh, are we? Okay, cool. You sound so excited. Oh no, I, w- I was shocked. We're not doing the battleground, but I mean, not battleground, but uh, the NXT. Well, take- I mean, it's a Saturday night. Okay. Um, I think we can just do the NXT show with the SummerSlam. All right. Like we do That's those some... both on Sunday. Yeah. Because like it's going to be an intriguing show, but I mean, do we have to get hot takes in on Jushin Liger wrestling Tyler Blaze that same night? We can wait no. a day. No. We can and wait Dil- a day. And Dylan and I will do an hour and a half on Mid-South 1982. So it'll be great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <No>, we won't. <laughs> we'll go three hours that Sunday night. Why not? Uh, so SummerSlam... Uh, we are going to be joined by at Dylan Waco. Dylan Hales will join us. Uh, previous guest, uh, big hit. People like him. That'll mm-hmm. be August 23rd. So what are we going to see? What are we going to talk about on that post show? The main event of SummerSlam will be what? Undertaker Brock. 
the main event? Mm-hmm. You don't put the title match on last? No. Do we even have a title match? What is Seth Rollins going to do? Seth Rollins is probably going to, you know. Triple H? Yeah. Triple H brought in Brock Lesnar to see if Seth can really truly be the guy, and that plan backfired. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, now there's Seth only one gonna, guy. Seth is going to talk smack. To there's him. only one guy left who can really prove and see if Seth Rollins is the guy, and that's Triple H, and that's your match at SummerSlam. Well, Seth is going to heal on on a Triple H a bit. Say well, yeah, he's going to be like, yeah. yeah, I beat the guy you brought in to beat me. You know, take that. I'm the I'm the new guy. I stole your move. Blah blah blah. Yeah. I'm do it better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, before we get into the rest of this card, so we have Triple H and Seth Rollins. We have Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker. I think we have New Day primetime New players. New Day again. primetime players. Uh, Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper against Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose. That sounds like a match. What a match. A tag team. A basic tag team match. We have some sort of divas combination. Do we maybe get a third guy on each side in the Wyatt family and the former Shield members to make it a six-man tag at SummerSlam? I hope not, but I could see you throwing in Neville and someone. Neville and maybe a Baron Corbin? Mm. Uh-huh. Probably not. No. But especially Baron Corbin's got Samoa Joe at TakeOver. I mean, he's they have too much stuff for him to do. They can't just be promoting shows back-to-back with the same guys in different matches or else it's just going to get all lost in the shuffle. Right. So they got stuff to do. Uh, Hugh Little on our chat says, was Sasha Banks the best wrestler on this show? <laughs> the, uh, the answer is yeah. no. Oh, no. No. The answer is no. No. Okay. Did she have the best performance? Probably not. I mean, she, she the, she's she the best sports entertainer on this show. She, yeah. 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 No, she, Sasha Banks is great. Like you yeah. can say someone wasn't the best and you're not defaming them. You're not saying they were awful. They just mm. weren't. They were number two right. instead of number one. Who was number one? On this show, do not. Let me look up and down this card because there might have been multiple. I, I would say Orton. I mean, I was going to try to say Randy Orton. Honestly, I was going to huh. say all five members of the tag team match. Okay. All five members of the tag team match. Um, yeah, probably Sasha Banks is up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Cena for that 10 second period where he was, you know, I don't, I'm not taking this anymore, John Cena. Um, you had uh, Rudy Charles, who was really good. And your Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar was great. Yeah. Brock Lesnar selling the Undertaker onslaught. Fantastic. Like, I think I think right now in WWE, Brock Lesnar is the best guy to put up against the Undertaker because Brock Lesnar is going to make the Undertaker look still like a scary badass. Like, Bray Wyatt couldn't do that at WrestleMania. He failed. But Brock Lesnar will get the best out of the Undertaker all day long. If he doesn't concuss him. All day long. If he doesn't, you know, even still, I thought it was, I mean, the WrestleMania 30 was all about the finish anyway. This will right. be different. This will not be just about the finish. Okay. But if Undertaker brings the intensity he brought tonight, I think it could be really cool. Um, okay. So you do either a tag match or a six man somehow with the Shield and the Wyatt family. Yes. Um, are you willing to bank on a John Cena match right now? Because like, it doesn't seem likely he would go with Kevin Owens, but. You know, it didn't seem likely Kevin Owens would work takeover and he is like is less more right now just pulling his hair out that, you know, we don't think we can see John Cena, Kevin Owens for and like it's obvious. Uh, he'd have to do something tomorrow to. Because, you know, what? we've built from the fact where he was the NXT champion, he just wanted to show that John Cena that he belongs. So he did here's, that. Here's what I could see with 
WWE thinking, an I quit match where you actually have to say I quit. We just again. had that with Rusev. I know, I know, I know. But that's the only thing I can think of where it's like, well, Owens just tapped real quick to get Cena to let go, but I, you know, I can't see that. It has to be someone new. It has to be someone or someone else. Not someone new, but someone else. There is no one new. Unless he just decides he's going to do a blind challenge and then we get a good match out of someone. Like, say, a Neville. Yeah. Who I, never who never got his complete match, right? Like it, it just screams to me like it's obvious they won't do Owens and Cena, but at yeah. the same time, it's obvious they have to. Because what else do you do? And at SummerSlam, you usually will end a program at SummerSlam, not start a new one. I think you have Owens and Cesaro if you want it. If you really want it, you have that program. Yeah, you have that. But I, I mean, I say this, that you don't usually end a program there. Well, every match so far is a, is the first in a program. I went Brock and Undertaker. Yeah. Effectively, it's the first time because it's been a year and a half since they mm-hmm. had their WrestleMania match. Triple H and Seth Rollins. Ugh. I don't know. I'm interested, though. Like, I want to see what's going to happen on Raw tomorrow night. I want to see where the direction is going to be to, uh, to SummerSlam. And that one match, the Undertaker-Brock Lesnar match, Gets me hyped for SummerSlam. I may, I may be the only one, but I'm excited for that one just based on that one match. And if they do Triple H and Seth, you know what? I'm hyped for that one too. Like SummerSlam, I think, could be a fantastic show. I just don't know what they're going to do on it. And that's, got, pro, that's got, pro wrestling, got, isn't it? I got nothing to add on that. That's, I, I'm, I'm, that's you, pro wrestling. Different things excite you than uh, September 20th, like we had the pay-per-view here where Nikki Bella did not defend her championship. So she's got to get through SummerSlam and mm-hmm. she's got to get through Night of Champions. If she does that, that's the last pay-per-view, that Night of Champions show on September 20th. Uh, that's the last pay-per-view before her 300 days. Yep. She can do that. Now, will she have broken the record and still be under 300? Uh, she can. Yeah, she can break the record. Um, this is... That pay-per-view, then that's, the where, then, Champions, that's where, then that's where she loses. The night, well, no, the Night of Champions is the last pay-per-view before the record and 300 days. Oh, Both of okay. those fall in between Night of Champions and the pay-per-view after that. Okay. Yeah, so what are you going to do? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we got? TakeOver Brooklyn is going to be uh, on August 22nd. So, yeah, I think what we'll do is uh, that review on the same time as the SummerSlam post-show with Dylan. We'll get Dylan's thoughts on TakeOver because I'm sure he'll watch the show, too. And I'm sure he'll have thoughts. I'm sure I'll have thoughts. There's just so much going on because the week before that is going to be the finals of the G1. So for all you New Japan fans, you're going to have a lot to get to uh, that week. Um, I did want to thank uh, Steve Juan of Angry Marks for having me on the Angry Marks Marks podcast last week. I joined him and Daniel Pewter, of all people, on the show. I was able to, uh, to get some words in with Daniel Pewter as well as asking him if he had ever seen a ghost. He said yes. This is your new go-to question, isn't it? He said that he had. (laughs) On the Angry Marks podcast, Daniel Pewter said he had seen ghosts. Okay. And he's had premonitions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Finally, somebody answers in the affirmative. Um, Les Moore and Hugh Little of Talking Sheet. You can get at sheetsandwich.com. You can follow Les at Pro Wrestling. I'm going to be on their show this week. Okay, I'm going to be on in a couple of weeks, I think. Yep, so I'm looking forward to uh, that. They have a really good show, a really fun website. I mean, who would have thought that writing about writing of pro wrestling would be so interesting? But Sheet Sandwich, they cover the coverage of pro wrestling, cover the ins and outs of the dirt sheets, if you will. 
Um, so catch them out at Pro Wrestling on Twitter. And then on Tuesday, we have our uh, Top 100 match. We have Top 100. Uh, I completely forget what it is. It is Dusty Rhodes versus Rick. That is right from Starcade 85? Yes. Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair for the NWA title. We're also going to talk about uh, making sense of SummerSlam, whatever mm-hmm. happens on Raw tomorrow night. It will be crystal clear, I think, after Raw tomorrow. So we will have a new show Tuesday. That show of which, the audio podcasts, you can catch at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the different things. You can go to VoicesOfWrestling.com slash iTunes, VoicesOfWrestling.com slash YouTube to catch our videos and our audio podcasts on there. Um, for the next month, we're going to be doing daily recaps of the new Japan pro wrestling G one. So if you uh, can't really watch the shows or you can't spend three hours watching them, you can get the quick 10 minute recaps daily at voices of slash YouTube. Um, but like I said, if you enjoy the show, share it with others, post it on Facebook, post it on Twitter, tell friends of yours about the show, like us, uh, let others in the YouTube verse and the iTunes universe kind of catch our show. We would greatly appreciate it. Um, and I want to thank all the people who listened on the live stream tonight at voices of wrestling.com slash STR. We had uh, pretty good feedback. We had a few people in the chat. We had a few people interacting on Twitter. That was awesome. Um, it was a fun show. I mean, however you may come about negatively or positively, it had a lot to talk about this battleground mm-hmm. show. And that's more than we can say for previous battlegrounds. Last year's battleground was voted worst show of the year Correct. on wrestling observer. This will not be worst show. This will year. not be worst show of the year. Uh, it's not going to be best show of the year. That's, that's not high praise. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be WTF show of the year. And we're cautiously optimistic about the cautiously optimistic about the divas division. Now with the new influx, we're, you know, we're cautiously optimistic about this tag team program and even about what John Cena is doing. And you're cautiously optimistic about the undertaker Brock. So that's a positive. Let's go with it. I hope John Cena's next shirt says, fuck this shit. In the world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.